What's up guys? It's Mike and Mark from LRM and we're here talking today from the Superhero TV show focusing on what we're going to be covering in fall of 2016. Um, looks like we're in for a heavy lifting uh, type of job this year. A lot of superhero TV shows, if you think about 20 years ago to 1996, were basically only focused on Saturday mornings, if you think mm -hmm. about it. you yeah. know, um, X-Men, uh, cartoon series, Spider-Man, Batman the Animated, Animated series, series, Superman. That was it. I mean, that was your Saturday mornings, and that was the only time you could get a actual TV show coming up um, covering comic books. Now, today, it seems like every single night out there, there's some sort of TV show. Um, and it's 365, not just, you know, fall or spring or just during the Christmas series and stuff like that, you know. Um, long gone are the days of the Star Wars Christmas specials <laughs> and, you know, those type of issues. So um, we're basically going to cover... What we're going to look at this year, what we liked from last season, what we're you know looking forward to this coming up season, um, changes that we we are praying to see. No more Felicity and Oliver oh, and Arrow, um, please. And <laughs> you know, just kind of recapping everything. So uh, starting off with our Sundays, what we're looking at here is basically the number one TV show in America, The Walking Dead, coming back. Um, left off on a bit of a cliffhanger from the last season where we were finally introduced to Negan and his introduction was something of kind of controversial because as we know in the comics, you know, spoiler alert, you know, number 100 when we introduced, uh, are introduced to Negan in the comic series, he kills off Glenn and that was the big payoff in uh, comic number 100. But with the end of last season, the big payoff was we don't know who Negan killed. And so, Mark, I know you don't really watch Walking Dead, but this was a one of probably the most controversial uh, season finales I've ever been a part of. Um, and ultimately, people kind of, you know, walking away from Walking Dead, mm. that this was... It, this was they were done with it that they were that how dare they leave it off but Robert Kirkman and all the showrunners of the show have basically said that this will be okay that the the, the death was meant to be done um, for the next season season seven and so they've even gone to even great lengths to make sure that this uh, death of who Negan kills isn't spoiled that they filmed 11 different versions of oh, who wow. died all the characters that were basically in front of Negan um, you know, they shot their death, you know, to make sure that no one knew. And it's been leaked out a little bit that the cast knows who's going to die, but they're under contract and, you know, you're not going to get information from them. So this is looking forward to a big season premiere. Everybody's hopefully going to find out within the first 10, 15 minutes who Negan kills. And if they drag it on anymore, I can only imagine how many people walk away from this show. But being the number one show, you know, you definitely... Um, you know, got some clout and, you know, a little, little bit of a, what I would say, you know, kind of a gamble the mm -hmm. way they did it. And they definitely gamble. All right. So Sundays we'll be covering Walking Dead. Uh, Monday nights, this is the, the doubleheader night. Yep. So you got on the CW Supergirl and then on Fox Gotham. Mark, I know you're a big fan of Gotham. What did you like about last season? I am a huge fan of Gotham. Um, you know, I know some people it kind of has either a strong following or some people don't necessarily like it. But um, 
I have always enjoyed Gotham, um, and actually my wife, who doesn't follow comics, also really enjoys Gotham, um, which I think is great because the the average um, viewer uh, can really be brought into the Batman um, uh, fold um, with the series. Uh, you know, some people have talked before about how well it doesn't focus enough on Bruce Wayne and um where I can see where that's an argument I also uh somewhat think that's okay um you know I mean if anybody follows Batman or you've seen any of the movies we all know Batman's story we know Bruce's story yeah yeah, Um, yeah. you know there's not much change to that what I think Gotham does a good job of is exploring other characters that maybe um we won't ever get to see in movies Mm -hmm. um You know, for instance, obviously, uh, Jim Gordon, um, Harvey Bullock, uh, even um, getting more in a different side of Alfred's story, but then especially the rogues, okay? All of Batman's enemies. I mean, the the thing that's so great uh, that I find is um, having some of these uh, origin stories that are maybe either different or some that, frankly, we've just never even seen. Um, You know, whether it is... uh, you know, Cobblepot, who is just amazing. Um, you just never know what to expect. Um, or Enigma, or any of the other ones, you know. They do a good job, and I think they do a great balance as well. Um, you know, ending season uh, two, um, you have a lot that's going on. Uh, Hugo Strange, obviously, um, his plan uh, not going accordingly. Um, looking like we're going to see more of the Court of Owls possibly, which um, seemed to be kind of teased there near the end. Um, you could even say they teased it near the beginning of la- uh, the second season also. There was a couple mm. of different instances where people thought that the Court of Owls would have shown up a lot earlier, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, I think they did a, they do a good job of balancing a lot of these characters, mm-hmm. um, you know, having, uh, you know, not jam-packing them all in to every episode, but you have Cobblepot, and then, you know, he went missing there for a little bit and then came back. Um, Fish Mooney, who obviously, uh, some, um, reintroducing her there, uh, same with Nigma, but at the same time, like I said, even when, um, they had, uh, Azrael, you know, I think they did a good job because that's a character who probably you won't see in a movie. I don't know, but oh, yeah. I'm not yeah. doubting that, but still gave it a, a, an interesting twist. So it's a nod to, uh, comic book fans, but really looking forward to season three. Um, I do have a little bit of regard, um, that I'm kind of, you know, at the end of, uh, season two, um, obviously when all of, uh, Hugo Strange's, um, you know, experiments, uh, were let loose, um, that creates an interesting dynamic, but especially seeing that some of them have, I guess, powers, as you can say, mm-hmm. I kind of um, cringed a little bit with that just because I've seen the way that um, Arrow has handled powers, right. and that worries me a little bit. Um, you know, obviously, I think with Flash, there's more of a balance, and with other ones, there's more of a balance, but um, I just think there's so many other ways that you can go. Um, you know, like the way they handled uh, Victor Freeze, I thought was awesome in season oh, two. Oh, yeah, that they was did, a great... They did a great job with that. That was a great origin story with him. I really... Um thought they they took a character that really had a very simple origin mm-hmm. story with Nora Freeze being sick and you know and so forth and they incorporated that but they even went a little bit further and mm-hmm. dived into you know the mindset of how how 
you know, Victor became, you mm-hmm. know, Mr. Freeze and so forth. Absolutely. And, um, you know, and if you think about it, we really haven't seen anything from that since Batman and Robin, which luckily, oh, <laughs> hopefully God, most people yeah. can't, uh, have tried to block that out of their minds. Um, no, but, you know, moving forward, I think there's um, a lot of great possibilities. Um, there's even a couple uh, articles I put on LRM about um, different people that I think could be introduced, that uh, different characters that I think would be great. Um, you know, there's already been some uh, casting for characters such as um, Vicki Vale's aunt, which mm-hmm. I think is um, really cool to bring in. Uh, you also have some casting for... Um, Another one of um, the uh, uh, Falcone family, uh, which I think is pretty interesting. See how that plays out. Yeah. Um, I like kind of that uh, battle between the uh, old school kind of mob and the new kind of freaks, as mm-hmm. uh, you call it. So, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of potential for season three um, as long as they do it right. The only other thing that I kind of eh, was somewhat disappointing at the end um, was the... Uh, it looked like a um, almost a you know a double or a duplicate of Bruce um, could have potential, but once again, I think there were maybe some other ways they could have gone, maybe other characters they could have established. But who knows? You know, maybe the Court of Owls will use that to their benefit, and uh, I don't know. We'll see. But when it comes back, it should definitely um, definitely be good. Picking up from uh, the end of season two. Yeah, I mean, honestly, this is what I love about Gotham is that. It's the villain story. And, Absolutely. You know, season one was kind of about the Jim Gordon mm-hmm, story. Mm-hmm, sure. And, you know, and the Harvey Bullock relationship. And, you know, this ratings started to dip because mm-hmm. everybody kind of said, uh, we've seen Bruce Wayne's story. Mm-hmm. We kind of know the Jim Gordon story from sure. the Christopher Nolan movie and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it wasn't new. Mm-hmm. But then the producers and showrunners went in a different direction with season two and said, we're going to just focus on the villains. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where it got a lot of its momentum, mm-hmm. um, especially incorporating um, Hugo Strange and yep. all that. And, you know, like you, I'm kind of concerned about the superpowers mm-hmm. because without a Batman or um, a superhero to combat them, mm-hmm. I mean, you can't really expect Gotham PD to fight off a lot of these super villains. Right. If they are, then why would you need a Batman? That's like, exactly. you know, yeah, that's yeah. a fair um, point. So we'll see how season three plays out, but I, definitely interested to see if the Court of Owls uh, plays into that. Um, and it depends on how they handle some of it, too. You know, like they had, um, you know, it was a good nod to Clayface, really. Oh, yeah. Which I thought they handled well. It was powers, but fairly realistic. Yeah. Um, I just hope it doesn't turn into an over the top um, sort of thing and keeps it. I think that's what I enjoy about Gotham is um, that, you know, groundedness of it um mm-hmm. in reality to a degree uh which i think is great so yeah um so the show that's going to be competing against it is going to be supergirl mm-hmm. which is making the move from cbs to the cw mm-hmm. and joining the arrowverse um had good ratings not good cbs ratings mm-hmm. it was very costly for cbs and it was also filmed out in california but by transitioning over to CW, which is owned and operated under the same umbrella as CBS, they are able to film the show now in Vancouver. Cost goes down dramatically for mm-hmm. that. And now it's not a show that's all by itself because mm-hmm. I think it was a big, big um, you know, taking to try to 
do a Supergirl show mm-hmm. by herself. And I think sure. the Flash crossover was mm-hmm. great, and it was going to need more of that in order to succeed and Absolutely. to keep on, especially to stay on CBS. But to move over with CW, and now the um, the news comes out that there's going to be multiple crossover events between all four shows, and now um, with Flashpoint, it's basically mm-hmm. going to kind of reset things um, throughout the Arrowverse and so forth. It's great. Um, Melissa Benoist is, uh, plays uh, Supergirl. You know, she does a great job as it. And I think this show was geared originally just for the younger kids, uh, more towards attracting girls because mm. um, DC and Warner Brothers has done a great job of putting um, the female superheroes up front and mm-hmm. is on, alongside. I mean, you know, Gal Gadot being Wonder Woman mm. and being right there fighting along Batman and Superman and Batman v Superman. Actually was, helping them and saving them at points too, you know? Yeah, like I, that was probably the the best part of that movie, besides Affleck being Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. um, was Wonder Woman. And so by trying to tackle Supergirl on her own, I thought was a big mm-hmm. task to do. But now moving over to CW... I think it will. The ratings will still stay the same, which will be good. CW numbers. Um, I think it will attract more of a female audience because mm-hmm. more females watch the CW, um, the shows that are are created on there outside of the DC universe are more geared towards the the female audience. So I think it'll do just fine. Um, I think it's a good move too because not only um, we've already mentioned, which I agree with, but. Also, you know, the CW already has a comic fan base. Mm-hmm. Um, so having, you know, that crowd already, I think, helps um, Supergirl. You know, I, I eventually got into Supergirl, but at the beginning, um, I wasn't because, honestly, I just forgot it was on at times. Right. You know, with the CW, I always knew, like, here's what you have each day. I would even know what would come on after or before those, not, not always watching them, but it's because I was so used to being on the CW. Right. Where, you know, I think that's a good uh, move to help increase some of the um, publicity of it. Yeah, and another thing the CW is doing, which is great, is starting August 1st, they're going to start showing Supergirl Season 1 mm-hmm. on Monday mm-hmm. nights, uh, two episodes at a time to lead up into Season 2. So if you didn't catch up or watch all of Season 1 of Supergirl, you'll be able to catch up this time around and get you into Season 2. And another thing that they're going to bring bringing in is Superman, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of crazy because from the show Arrow (laughs) we got introduced to a lot of characters and then we're taken away because Mm -hmm. Warner Brothers didn't want to share the universe between the TV universe and the movie universe but now we're kind of getting a little backtrack with it so by having Superman on Supergirl this might open up the door for other villains and other characters to maybe get onto the Flash or Arrow, or Legends of Morrow. Um, which bring we'll talk back about. Slade Wilson. Bring, yes, bring, <laughs> I, bring back Slade Wilson, and bring back the Salmon Ladder. I think that was the yep. what made the show you know, go. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's your Monday nights. Tuesday nights we'll be covering The Flash. Mm-hmm. You know, Mark's going to basically be writing reviews for this one, um, along with, um, or is it, no, I'll be writing reviews uh, for The Flash, sorry, uh, uh, on Tuesday nights. Um, so basically this show transitioned from being the little brother of Mm -hmm. Arrow to Mm -hmm. now being the leader of the universe. And 
it's almost safe to say that it's no longer the Arrowverse. It's almost the Flashverse now, especially where we left off mm-hmm. uh, in Season 2 with Barry going back in time um, to save his mother and basically starting uh, the Flashpoint series. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think is going to happen going into Season 3? You know, I'm I'm pretty excited for Flashpoint. I mean, they can take this in uh, numerous directions. Um you know, I'm I'm really curious to see how a lot of it plays out. Um, you know, Barry uh, was in a spot where obviously he thinks this is the right thing, but really hasn't, you know, he's been aware that obviously there are these repercussions that are going to happen, but I don't think he understands the extreme nature of it. And I think that's what's great about it, hopefully branching across the other series as well. So it shows, like, it's not just even in this one show. You know, it's... Arrow, it's Supergirl, you know, it's, yeah. it's this whole combined universe. Um, you know, I think we will see more, or we will see, obviously, Reverse Flash again. Um, mm-hmm. You know, not Harrison Wells, <laughs> um, but, you know, Harrison Wells in a different capacity, and Ebor Thawne again. Um, what I hope they do, though, is have a balance of the speedsters. Um, they seem to be going in a direction. And like I said, that could all change for all we know with Flashpoint. Um, But I think it's a good way to introduce some other characters in certain capacities. But I hope it's not um, just all speedsters all the time. You know, I I liked, especially in season one, I really liked the interaction, obviously, between Reverse Flash and Flash. And season two... You know, with Zoom, it, I don't know, it seemed like it was a little dragged out at times. Yeah, it seemed like and they then, were retreading old ex- stuff from season one. Exactly. So, you know, with this, I'm I'm hoping that, um, you know, reintroducing Reverse Flash or in a different way or maybe even in a somewhat similar way, but there needs to be something a little different. You know, it, it, it can't be um, the same old, like, oh, well, here's Barry, and he trusts someone, he trusts someone, and then all of a sudden that person stabs him in the back and that's the main uh focus but you know there's a lot of great ways that they can go for it i think the focus will definitely be on on barry and how he um you know deals uh with these consequences that you know he's not sure of what to do i guess yeah right um to me it seems like it's it's a reset button it's like Mm -hmm. we went into a direction with the Flash, where we retreaded a lot of old things in season two, and you know, Barry trusting someone and finding out, oh no, they're not really who they think they are, and so forth. I think with this, this allows season three to kind of just start fresh again, mm-hmm. um, absolutely, and um, let Barry kind of struggle without his powers, which is where he does best. Um, I think some of the best episodes. Um, especially out of season two, we're near the end when Barry lost his powers. Mm-hmm. And, Absolutely. you know, it was, it was more about the team again and trying to figure out how to solve, you know, the dilemma that was presented in that whatever episode, which was a lot of what season one was about. Season one, what made Flash so great in that first season was that Barry was so new to his powers, he didn't mm-hmm. understand how fast he could go, what he could actually do. And so it was a lot of team effort. And then the beginning of season two, it was kind of like Barry's on his own. He's got it. He doesn't need help from anybody. And then, boom, uh, Zoom takes away his powers, and then it's back to the team. Um, so, what I think would be cool, and I don't know, you know, if this would happen, but you know, I think it'd be interesting if what if 
now at Flashpoint, like, Wally is the speedster that we all know him to be. Yeah. Right? And maybe there's a bit of jealousy because Wally's the speedster and maybe Barry isn't. He doesn't have those maybe. powers. You know, I, I don't know. I think that'd be a pretty cool interaction. It takes to a different level. Um, But my question for you that, you know, I, I kind of thought about is, do you think this was the... um intentions of uh the writers of, of flash the entire time was to do flashpoint or like you said it is a reset for flash but i mean i think it's even could possibly if they go with it an even better move for arrow and supergirl yeah for, I mean, as a reset you know um greg berlanti who's uh kind of oversees all these shows is his kind of teased about that how flashpoint will have an effect on arrow and David Ramsey, who plays Diggle on Arrow, has come out in interviews here and there mm-hmm. and says that it will definitely play an impact. So and it needs I, to. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, there was a lot of good things that Arrow had going on that, for whatever reason, had to go a different way, whether mm-hmm. it was Warner Brothers, you know, DC Films saying you can't use these characters and so forth. And it kind of put, you know, the show Arrow in a unfair place where mm-hmm. they're having a reach and you know the it was great that they brought Constantine in for the one episode mm-hmm. they did but then the rest of the season was based off of magic and that's mm-hmm. never really been yeah. Green Arrow's mm-hmm. you know yeah. Oliver Queen's you know MO and especially in the comics it's you know the very similar to Batman where you know you might have a, a character here or there that has sure. a superpower right. not, maybe not magic but you know, what made Arrow, Flash, and stuff so great was that they were really honoring, especially Flash Season 1, was really honoring the whole concept of Reverse Flash. Mm-hmm. And I think Season 2, it was kind of, let's try to do that again with right. figuring out who Reverse Flash is. Well, because is it worked in was, Season 1. Exactly, it was so but it great. But was, it was almost a carbon copy of... Right, and so the whole Zoom concept you know, kind of got old mm-hmm. as the season progressed. Um, great ending, you know, and that really, really saved that season. I don't, sure. I, I think if you leave off Flashpoint and just kind of leave everything as Absolutely. is and everything's yeah. great, mm-hmm. hey, we stop Zoom, then, you know, um, it, where do you go from there? You know, it's kind of like how Arrow's gone. It's like mm-hmm. they, they hit such a high note in season two with Deathstroke. Where do you go from there? And so, season three with Ra's al Ghul, they tried to top, mm. didn't work. Season four, you know, with Damian Dark was just a complete disaster all over the place. Oh gosh! So, oh yeah, I'll get to that. But yeah. um, I think I think with some of it too, um, it's it's how you present certain characters. So the best thing about season one is, I felt like I was constantly trying to figure out who Reverse Flash was, mm-hmm. and even when you had ideas, then it was kind of knocked back or like you thought it was Harrison Wells or you knew it was. But like with Reverse Flash, you barely saw him or you saw him in little glimpses. Right. Where with Zoom, he was pretty much in every episode and you'd see him all the time. Right. So there were there wasn't really this kind of mysterious aspect to it. Um, yeah, you knew he was there and okay, and especially near the end, like, it just, I thought it became fairly predictable. So even when, um, you know, you found out who it was, yeah, it was kind of surprising, but at the same time, not really. Whereas, you know, 
in season one, you just had such a, a build-up to who he was and this kind of, like, elusiveness of, like, who is he, where is he all the time. Right. And I thought, too, with uh, Tom Cavanaugh, who played Harrison Wells. and He's awesome. Reverse, he was awesome. He, awesome. he yeah. nailed it, and I think it was the best decision by the producers to bring him back mm-hmm. season two, and they've signed him on as this... Uh, um, on for you know mm-hmm. as a absolutely ongoing character now, um, so we'll see Harrison Wells in some form next season. And you know it was kind of a bummer at the end of the season when uh, before the announcement made that Tom Cavanaugh would be back. That you know you see Earth Two Harrison mm-hmm. Wells leave, and it's like this show is not going to survive mm-hmm. right. just with Grant Gustin mm-hmm. and Tom Cavanaugh needs to be mm-hmm. there. And and those two work so well off of each other. Um, so you know. The thing that I thought was best with Tom Cavanaugh as well is, like, he he seemed, he's such a good actor that he, like, you couldn't, you could actually tell a difference between his season one character and his season two character. Oh, yeah. Like, you could just, like, you know, I, he's just, I don't know, I just think he's such a great actor to be able to produce that sort of, you know, here's the same exact individual, but... Yeah, because you couldn't, yeah. Earth One, Harrison Wells, you know, even though it was Thawne and so forth as Harrison Wells, as Reverse Flash, was so nurturing to Barry because mm-hmm. he needed Barry to be mm-hmm. faster. Earth Two, Harrison Wells, not Thawne, nah. was more standoffish and mm-hmm. doing things on his own and so forth. And for Tom Cavanaugh to, to really play two different characters was, you know, with the same name is, mm-hmm. was pretty amazing. So, Absolutely. Um, out of all the shows, though, I think Flash is, is the one that's probably mm-hmm. going to be the most stable. You know, yep, I agree. A couple, mm-hmm. couple of complaints, but I think season three's, you know, Flashpoint, I mean, that was a big storyline. Oh, yeah. Led into the comic books with the New 52 series, even though the New 52 series didn't last too long. Um, and now we have the Rebirth series. You know, that was still a pivotal storyline. I mean, they made the animated movie off it and so forth. So it'll be interesting to see how they do in the TV series. It creates so many options, too. Oh, Because, yeah. you know, we know different aspects of different characters. But, like, what we know could completely change now. Right. And, and really, you know, depending on what happens, it, you know, it could all change all over again depending on the way that they decide to take it. Right. You know, so it just it leaves, um, it leaves a lot... Um, you know, to uh, a lot of anticipation. Right. All right, moving on to Wednesday night. The show that I love, but I don't know if it's if this season's going to save it or not. Uh, that would be Arrow. Oh, jeez. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I, I am, I wouldn't say diehard Arrow fan, but I am a big supporter of Stephen Amell. Mm-hmm. And I think... This show kind of gets a little bit of a a pass for me because it was the beginning of yeah, it. So we sure. wouldn't have these mm-hmm. these other shows if it wasn't for you know th- for Arrow. So um, I I definitely want to see it go in the right direction. But these past two seasons, you know, Raz Al Ghul was okay. Well, all right, mm-hmm. but Damian Dark and that whole issue and then the flashbacks really didn't have a whole lot to to add to the season was kind of a pain and then the season finale watching Oliver and Damian Dark in the middle of the street trading punches while 
For about three minutes. For three minutes, <laughs> while other crowds of people are fighting Damien Dark's hive. It was just a straight ripoff of the Dark Knight Rises with, you know, Batman and Bane and stuff. And well, not only that, it was almost a ripoff of season two. Think of the end of season two. So you have Oliver and Sid right. Wilson fighting, but that was a much better fight. So. Oh, without a but doubt. But at the same time, you had, like, I mean, you know, you had individuals fighting... The Mirakuru it, soldiers. Yes, yeah, yeah. so it was just like, it's like the, the same thing again. Right. Um, and, yeah, so for me, I am, um, I have always given Arrow the benefit of the doubt, but season four, oh, it, I mean, I'd still watch it anyways, but it about did it for me, you know? Right. And, and I think I, it did it for a lot of people. Sure. And, you know, I just, um, I just wrote um, an opinion piece the other day that's on LRM. You can check out for more detail if you want, but it um, talks about, you know, top ways that could hopefully save the fans, save the ratings. And, you know, one point is to either use Flashpoint and revamp it, um, or another way is to get it, go back to what worked. Ma- magic doesn't, didn't work. No. You know, um, it's like, it's exactly like you said. Um, it started in season three and it was okay, but I feel like even more than that, um, Arrow used to really intrigue me because I was always curious what was going to happen mm-hmm. or something would happen completely out of the blue. Like in season two, when Oliver's mom was killed by Slade Wilson, I personally didn't see that coming. Oh no. And then I was like, oh my gosh, what just happened? Like that sort of thing, that shock value. And, you know, even if you look at season three, so think about the, um, um, the like mid season finale. Okay. So Oliver got, you know, stabbed by Roz and, uh, okay. You knew he was going to come back. Oh yeah. So it wasn't, okay. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Right. So you're kind of like, okay. So he came back. All right. Like you said before too, the flashback scenes were, yeah, but I also feel like the overall point needs to change. You know, um, season one, yeah, you had uh, Malcolm Merlin, and he wanted to, you know, destroy the glades to kind of refresh mm-hmm. and start. Him. You know, with Slade Wilson, it was, yeah, he wanted to bring down parts of Slade, but really he wanted to hurt Oliver. Yeah, he wanted cost. revenge. That, that, that was that's such what it a was. revenge and if, story. And whatever he could do to, to you know, get Oliver, that's what it was. You know, season three, I, I feel like it got to be the same thing. Like, let's take down Sterling City. Let's take down Sterling City, you know? And it was just like, okay, right? let's let's do something else. And honestly, I think they need a established villain, not a Damien Dark that's kind of made up. You know what I mean? I just, I don't Yeah, uh, in the comic series, Dark doesn't come along till later. Right. Um, they kind of use them a little bit more in the New 52 series, but doesn't have the the background and and the fan base as a Destro. Mm-hmm. You know, Raza Ghoul was good to use, but the problem was is that I think Liam Neeson did such a good job yeah. with Raza Ghoul in the Nolan series of Batman that you can't really no mm-hmm. you can't bring in Raza Ghoul. This and a lot of people associate Raz with Batman. Right. I mean, which is definitely sure you know. Um, you know, one of the, it, it, Oliver or the Green Arrow has his enemies. They're just not popular. Sure, right. In the comic series, mm-hmm. so you're gonna have to reach and really find somebody that's not gonna be used in the DC film universe and not by the other shows, and really challenge it. And I think Deathstroke was it. Mm-hmm. And you know, 
you can't go back to you know Slade Wilson, Deathstroke's season, right? Uh, season five, you know, but you got to find something similar to that. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely. Um, and I think the thing that um, you know, and I and I often wonder, well, was it? Has this always been in the plan for them, or was there kind of a wrench thrown in the way when? You know, like Suicide Squad and Batman vs Superman, oh, yeah. everything was coming out because you know they they had, you know, they had Amanda Waller, they had uh, Deadshot, you know, and all dead, all no. dead, all dead, exactly. And like, was that the plan, or did that make? And so, you know, have some of these things been not necessarily spur of the moment, but did they have yeah. to revamp quickly, and it just didn't? Well, what was it um, Willa Holland who mm-hmm. plays Thea on the show came out, you know, about a month or two ago, and had a an interview and in the interview basically went off on Warner Brothers executives mm-hmm. for doing that because they had a whole Suicide Squad mm-hmm. piece and set for Arrow. Um, they had Harley Quinn in, uh, in mm. place and everything and basically they're they're running with it, running with it and then Warner Brothers says, no, you can't do it. And they had to scrap everything, you know. Which is so interesting because like you said, in Supergirl they're bringing Superman, Superman. who's like, so you're going to tell me like in one way, like no, you can't have Deadshot who, you know, is a, but you can have two can flashes. Have, and Superman? And it, Superman. Like the main, you know what I mean? Yeah. It just, yeah. You can have two Barry Allens. Not mm-hmm. a Barry Allen and a Wally West, which I thought that's what they were going with sure. for a long time. I thought Ezra Miller would be Wally West, and mm-hmm. that would be their way of saying, oh, no, it's different. Um, but no, you've got two Barry Allens, one on TV, one on the show, two Supermen now, mm-hmm. um, one on TV, one in the film universe, and so forth. So, And most people out there, are they're going to know... The Flash and Superman over Deadshot or the possibility of maybe using Deathstroke, Slade Wilson in a suicide. You know what I mean? Oh, it's yeah. Like, it's quite a reach, I feel like. Well, I mean, but that was, see, and that's the thing that gets me about this is that in the comics, DC's always been about Earth 1, Earth 2, mm-hmm, Earth 3, absolutely. multiple universes. Sure. So why not have you know, an Earth-1, or, like, the DC films be Earth-1. Right. And the TV universe would be Earth-2. Well, especially two. with how established it is now, too. Yeah. Like, it's established that Earth-1, 2, 3, especially just from Flash. Exactly. You know? Um, you got two Bruce Waynes, basically. You got a younger Bruce Wayne on Gotham. <laughs> and then you got Ben Affleck, who's right. the older, you know... Right. Sleeping with as many women as possible <laughs> right. type Bruce Wayne, you know? It just, it, it boggles me how the show that started it all has handicapped the most. Absolutely. You know, uh-huh. um, and so hopefully going into the season, it's going to go back in the right direction. Um, the two things I want to see is no more Oliver and Felicity because oh, we're done with that. Yeah, with well, that. Um, yeah. Um, that doesn't mean, I, and, you know, I know some people are like, kill Felicity, no, whatever. Like, she, she can be there, whatever. But, like, it doesn't need, she doesn't need to be a focus. Okay? She doesn't need to cry every episode. She just, you know. Be, be the character that you were, you know, be the... Ta- you know, I was so disappointed when they paralyzed her and then brought her back. Oh, that, and, yeah. You know, I'm wondering is, were they going to go with the Oracle route where she was going to be, mm-hmm. you know, kind of, you know, the Arrow versus Barbara Gordon and stuff, and then Warner Brothers executive said, oh, no, you can't do that. Right, you know, sure. Type mm-hmm. deal. That, that really bothered me. Um but this whole back and forth between Oliver and Felicity, I want to be with you, but I can't. I want to be with you, but I can't. I mean, it's becoming a headache. And so, mm-hmm. you know, the the love triangle, love story, whatever, um, needs to go. I thought it was great when, you know, Oliver was, you know, 
hooking up with Sarah Lance back when she was a Black Canary because uh, yeah. that was the way the comics right. were. You know, it was kind of Green Arrow should be with Black Canary. That's mm-hmm. that's how it's always been. And this whole Oliver and Felicity thing was okay. You know, different. We'll see where it goes. It's but way it's too long. Way way too long. Mm-hmm. So no more Oliver Felicity. And then if you notice a trend, season one and two were really great. The Salmon Ladder was in there. Mm-hmm. Season three and season four, we don't see the Salmon Ladder anymore. Mm-hmm. Bring back the Salmon Ladder. I guarantee you that season five will be so much better if you bring back the the Salmon Ladder and you get rid of the Oliver Felicity love issues. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, um, the things that the main things that I would like, you know, exactly what you've said, but also um, outside of kind of a more established villain. And maybe not a, like, let's take over the city and destroy it sort of thing. But um, I want the focus to be back on Oliver, on the Green Arrow. Yes. I feel like, what, here's the thing, there are supporting characters. Supporting characters are fine, but that's it. They support the main character. I felt like, especially this past season, um, everybody in Oliver's group on Team Arrow, like, I felt like all of them were always receiving equal, if not more, screen time. And I, I feel like that's not what it's... A, I felt like that took away from it. Like, I felt like I would see, you know, Speedy or, you know, Black Canary or Diggle just as much as yeah, Oliver. Yeah, it really became, look, instead of just Arrow, right. it became Team Arrow. They should have just renamed the show Team a- Arrow. Absolutely, absolutely. And here's the thing. In season one and two, granted, he did things differently, but, like, he still got things done. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of see when they're like talking about these new characters coming in, it's okay. I don't want another team arrow. If these, you know, if he trains certain people, like that's fine, but let's maybe not make it every episode. Right. You know, and really either with the flashback scenes, either make it actually mean something, make the fans wonder what's going on, try and figure out connections. There were no connections that the fans need to figure out no. with the island. Or, you know what, just do away from with the flashbacks. It's one or the other, I think. Um, I, I think with season five, though, there's still that fifth you know, year that he was gone that they could look into. Um, but it needs to be worthwhile, and it needs to you know, have the fans like, okay, what, I wonder how this is going to connect. Yeah, I think the flashbacks are going to focus on how Oliver knew, remember in like season one and season two, how he knew Russian. And yeah. like all of a sudden he yep. just like starts speaking in Russian and how he had connections in the Russian mob. Um, but the problem with that is, is that, you know, the, the show is basically in the fifth season, they always said that the flashbacks would only be five seasons mm-hmm. long. That was the story. Five years on the island, five years of flashbacks. So when Oliver was picked up on the island, he had a pretty thick beard and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Where the hell is he going to get all that if he goes to Russia, learns Russian, gets in the Russian mob, then gets back on the island, grows his beard out and hair out, and goes back to being, you know, green yeah. arrowish. I mean, you know? because, let's see, one of the guys that was in the, um, at the ship at the end of season two, uh, the guy that got in the... Um, the missile slot. Oh, know, yeah. He, he was Russian, right? Right. Russian. So maybe just, you know what? Keep him on the island. But, it, you know, I don't know. Maybe other people. I don't know what it is. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. There's There's got to be a bridge that's gapped, and they have to do it correctly because, really, they 
wasted the you know the flashbacks of season four on that stupid idol who was like almost oh another that was like almost another supporting character. I found a lot you know I knew more about that. You idol know the than only link else. between that flashback series and the present day era was the damn he has a tattoo on his on his rib area right. and stuff like that that's magical. That's yeah, it. that he can somewhat reject dark's, dark's magic. Pathway. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I completely agree if with that. If we get a know? flashback series for every single tattoo Oliver Queen has, <laughs> oh my God. Right, exactly. And, oh gosh, especially for how much time they spent on that one tattoo. But, you know, I think figuring out more of that backstory. But there's got to be this, you know, the audience has to see these flashbacks and want to make these connections right. to like what is going to happen here not just like oh who's going to end up with the idol and go crazy now you right. know um so you know i think they're in a spot where they could you know really change things around and if if they want to succeed they need to look back to seasons one and two and see what worked and take some aspects of that i'm not right. saying carbon copy but take some aspects no. of what what worked? Why did people enjoy it? There was that mystery, some elusiveness to it. Like what, you know, it made me constantly wonder what was going to happen and watch the next time. I mean, even my wife, you know, she'd be like, how's Arrow? And this past season, I'd be like, oh, that was all right. Yep. You know, there was only one episode that I think I was like, oh, you know, that was really good. But especially at the end, it did, really didn't leave me, you know. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, 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 it was great to see the addition of Constantine for that one episode. Yeah. But then... It's almost like, okay, Constantine's in, and now we can open up all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And that was trying to cram it in into half a season was just way too much. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So let's hope that this isn't the end of Oliver Queen and, you know, Stephen Amell and so forth, because I'd really like to see mm-hmm. the show go on longer and longer. I think it has a lot of potential. Yep. Um, so moving on to Thursday night, the final night of basically superhero uh, TV um, is. DC's Legends of Tomorrow, mm-hmm. um, and this show last season started off kind of rocky. I agree, mm-hmm. but then really picked up steam near the end. I and agree. The season finale to me was what sold me. That's that was a great season finale. You know, I mean, even starting off, I think you and I talked about it last year, and you asked me if I watched Legends of Tomorrow, and I said I think I've seen two episodes. And then I eventually picked it up, and I wanted to watch it every week. You know, I'd um, record them, but I just couldn't get into it. I just couldn't get into it. But then, man, it really did pick up. The the storylines got a bit better. Yep. Um, the And, you know, here's the thing. I thought they handled that team well, because, for the most part, because it, I've, you didn't have each character that had equal screen time every single episode. Right, right. You know, there were there were different focus, which is what I thought Arrow was lacking. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, they did a good job. I'm excited in the direction that it seems to be going. Um, you know, I will miss Wentworth Willer, Wentworth Miller as Captain Cold, but he I know he's doing the little prison break thing right yeah, now. Yeah, and he's which I'm still in about. the yeah. universe area. Yeah, he's he, still in there. He's right. going to pop in here and there. He's right. just not going to be on there full time. Right. Which you know, I I enjoyed. Um, him and Dominic Purcell's interactions, but um, yeah, you know, I thought a lot of things kind of uh, really, really interesting storylines. Um, uh, later, later on down the line, which I enjoyed. Yeah, I think what really saved the show is 
I know it started because of the whole Hawkman, Hawk mm. Girl, and um, what's his name, Vic, uh, Vandal Savage, mm-hmm. Love Triangle. But once they got away from that, yes, and they exactly. started focusing on Rip, focusing on Sarah, mm-hmm. Professor Stein, um, and you know the the oh, the great combo between Wentworth Miller and Dominic Purcell as you know Captain Cold mm-hmm. and Heatwave. That's when the show really picked up, mm-hmm. and yeah. once they they kind of got away that, and I always thought too, and it was it wasn't fair to introduce Hawkman and Hawkgirl to this show because mm. out of the entire group, they're the only two with superpowers. Yeah, so they're gonna always have the advantage, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to the fight. You know, I know you have um, was it Heatwave and stuff, mm-hmm. or I mean not Heatwave, Firestorm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but that. That's a combo. That's a combination right. type. It takes more effort. And more effort, that. and you can't always have Firestorm, mm-hmm. you know, pop up every single time. And well, stuff like that. and I see how they tried to balance it with like, well, you know, every time they die, they come back, and they don't know their abilities and this right. and that, and and I get that, but for me personally, um, I just, I wasn't the most fond of Vandal Savage as the main villain. Um, he he did all right, and I, but I just, I, for me personally, I couldn't really get into that as much it got better as the season went on right um but then what i i've just always envisioned after reading about Hawkman and hot girl i've envisioned them differently um and you know nothing against the uh actors who who played them you know i know some of them are newer and whatnot but i just yeah i thought for me personally that was the weaker link yeah and you know um vandal savage is a great villain in the comic book world you know um and i think what kind of hurt you know this incarnation or you know this type of um vandal savage was the introduction of him in flash mm, and arrow sure because he was so powerful and like i remember the first scene of i believe it was flash that he was on first where he gets off the boat and attacks the three guys by mm-hmm. moving super fast and stabs them and stuff. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this guy is going to be great. Yep. And then they say that he's going to be the main villain on DC's Legend of Tomorrow. I'm thinking, all right. But you never got to see that. No, you never you true, got to yeah. see his true, you know, superpowers. It was, you I know, feel like the focus after that was more like, well, he's immortal. So whatever yeah, you do, it. he's not going to die. Yeah. You know? and the it, only I way you can kill him why. is through Hawkman and Hawkgirl. I was like, but come on, show something else. Like, right. You know that in the comic books and even in the animated series and Justice League and so forth um, and Teen Titans is Vandal Savage is you know a manipulator he's mm-hmm. he's got the superpowers and also the mind of like mm-hmm. a Lex Luthor exactly right and I don't think Didn't they ever a lot of really utilized it to the full potential but once they focused away off that and they focused on the Time Masters and Rip's storyline yeah. and so forth, mm-hmm. that's when the show really picked up. And, and Vandal Savage became kind of an afterthought. And it was more about, let's go after the people that are supporting Vandal Savage. And I think that's where um, the show really gained some steam. And then right at the season finale, when you know we get the introduction of the Justice Society oh, of yeah. America. You know, that's, I mean, to me, if they can pull off Justice Society in this show, mm-hmm. it's definitely gonna you know gain some more steam going into season two. And what a great way to do it too, you know? Because I mean, once again, I know you know comic book movies are extremely popular right now, but I 
it, it would take some getting off the ground, I think, for a Justice Society movie. Yeah, you're so never this, gonna. This I don't think you're great, ever gonna see Justice Society. No, movie. exactly. And but this is a great way to incorporate them and pay, you know, pay homage. Uh, right to that and you know i know my dad's excited he loves a justice society so i think you know just that that was a really uh great ending um and like you said i think if they do it right um you know there's a there's a lot of great stuff that they could do with it yeah i mean i think there's no chance you're going to see justice society in the movie lines um there's too many uh, similarities between mm-hmm. justice Absolutely. league sure. and stuff like that so the the newer fan base wouldn't know the difference. Right. It would be like, what is this, the B team or whatever. Yeah, right. Um, but this gives an opportunity to allow the team that you already have in Legends of Tomorrow to grow and introduce a team in the DC universe that, for the older fans, definitely has um, a, a strong fan base, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so it'll definitely be interesting to see how they go through. It'll be... Um, I wonder... Wh- if they're going to go with a main villain type-ish, you know, storyline, or are they going to kind of go on the path that they were in the end of the season and just kind of jump from time to time and try mm. to fix things, you know, and try to save the universe from multiple threats instead of just one major threat like Vandal Savage. Yeah. Well, and I think it could be interesting, too, because here you have the Justice Society, who I'm guessing will be fairly established when they meet um, the Legends of Tomorrow. Um, to a degree, I guess. And, you know, then you have this kind of ragtag, per se, group with Legends of Tomorrow. Right. You know, I think the interactions could could be great there, and I think that's actually one of the reasons that, um, you know, I was somewhat disappointed with how they handled uh, Hawkman and Hot Girl because if you look at the, the comics, you know, in comparison, I mean, those are two of, like, the major players, really. Right. You know, like, you know, I mean, and the comics are in the Justice League, and they're, you know pretty strong individuals and then to see like hot girl sometimes and I, like i said i know she didn't know her powers and whatnot but more or less kind of a damsel in distress often. it didn't make sense it, it's yeah. just not you know that didn't really do it for me it did make sense that you had this woman who's a superhero has superpowers maybe not really not know that she has it and stuff like that you know, and be always the damsel in distress, but then you have Sarah Lance, who's just trained by the League of Assassins, right. kicking everyone's ass. And, exactly, And right. never really, you know, being in distress or anything like that. So, yeah. It's, and it's not that she didn't know how to unlock her powers. Like, she figured that out, right. even in the Flash crossover. Right, you know? yeah. It just, she never really did it often. So, yeah. It, yeah. it was a great idea, just mm-hmm. wasn't followed through correctly. But I, I think, think they realized that, which is they good. They did in which is the good. second half of the season, kind of straight away from it, and said, "All right, we're going to do this, and we're going to instead of focus on Hawkman, Hawk Girl, we're going to basically take it away and focus on the other characters, which was a smart thing to do." Mm-hmm. So here's looking forward to, to season two. Absolutely. Um, the other show that kind of skipped over but it does have a strong fan base on and stuff and we're going to try to cover it as much as possible um but between all these other shows that we're watching right now and um it's gonna be kind of difficult but is marvel agents of shield um god has been moved now from tuesday yeah it's it was you know on monday nights prime time Mm -hmm. then i got moved to thursday nights um and now it's moved to tuesday night 10 p.m 
after, you know, and Tuesday's always been known as ABC's comedy night, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if this is a good sign for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the whole big thing about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was that it was going to tie into the storylines of the movies. And maybe this is why DC doesn't want, you know, this characters to be out on the same time because of confusion but i think it was a great idea in the beginning um and it worked you know agents of shield worked really well with um captain america winter soldier when hydra was you know had infiltrated shield and basically taken over um but since then it's kind of lost a lot of its luster they introduced the inhumans into that series hopefully like hoping that it would launch the Inhuman mm-hmm. series, which would go into the Inhumans movie line, which now that's been kind of scrapped now, that there's talks that they're going to continue with the Inhumans movie, but now it's more and more just going away. Um, so season three of Marvel, Agent of Seals now moves to Tuesday nights at 10 p.m. That's fairly late. My, yeah, way I mean, past you know, my we're teachers, time. let's <laughs> be real here, you know. Yeah, so... Um, but no, it's, it'll be interesting to see how, uh, what's in store for season three because, or, um, uh, season four, I'm sorry, because season one. Yes, season four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, should be, you know, was okay. Season two picked up and, you know, season three, we'll see. Well, and I think the other thing, you know, to think about with that too is I, I, like I said, I think. DC and Marvel kind of took two different stances where Marvel says, yep, let's include the TV show in the same universe. DC is on the opposite and it says, no, absolutely not. And I think you can do it but with a balance because we've seen kind of uh, the product of both of those where DC says no and then, well, that takes away a lot of characters and that's tough. Right. Because then, you know, that's limiting the series. Whereas I think with Marvel when they said, well, let's make it the same universe, that can be okay, but I think what started to happen then and why it lost some of its following was because I think people, like, it's a lot to keep up with, right? Like, if I, okay, so I'm going to watch the movie, oh, I've missed some of this, so is this going to be in the movie, and then if I don't, I'm going to miss a piece. You know, I think it's okay to have, you know, certain characters maybe come in and out and be in both. I think that's great, you know, but then, you know, if you're going to make, you know, if you if you establish like you were saying the the uh, Inhumans, and then let's say you bring them into a movie, well, you know, then some people will be like, oh yeah, I remember that from the TV show, and others are like, I don't know what it, you know what I oh, mean. Yeah. It, it causes a disconnect, I think sometimes. Yeah, especially if you aren't on top of the TV show, and you're going to introduce things in the movies, you're going to be behind, and so um, great idea to, to you know in the beginning of it, but. Um, I think where Marvel's incorporating that idea at its best is on its Netflix series with mm-hmm. Daredevil, yep. um, Jessica Jones, and Luke Cage. You know, Luke Cage coming out next, Iron Fist, um, and how there's kind of the, their relationship to how it's the more humanistic version mm-hmm. of superheroes. Yep versus the superheroes we see on the movies they acknowledge that they go you know hand in hand with each other but you don't necessarily have the direct tie-ins which i think is good you know um so it'll be interesting to see absolutely 
Uh, well, that wraps up our show for uh, today. Um, basically, we're going to keep on bringing one out every week or so, and we're going to kind of do a preview uh, episode of each show coming up. So next week, be on the uh, listen out. Uh, might just be me. We're going to be covering Walking Dead, and then we'll continue going forward until the season starts, and then we'll have a weekly recap series show um, of all the episodes of the week and catch you up and hear our thoughts. So if there's a show that you want us to, to watch, to look out for, or cover, um, let us know in the comment section and we'll do our best to get it, you know, on the show and talk about it. Thanks for listening. Thanks a lot.